rest of our seats. We all welcome to his presence. And let's open our Bibles to the book of Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 11. No, 1 to 12. Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. If you are there, shout hallelujah where you are. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Either online, at home, or in the church, you are in Mark chapter 2. I hope you are not looking for Mark in the Old Testament. Mark chapter 2, from verse 1. Let somebody who is there shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I read. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together. Insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Verse 3. And he came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof of where he was. When they had broken it up, they laid down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately, when Jesus perceived in the spirit that they so reason within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Verse 9. Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk. But that ye may know that the Son of Man had power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, go thy way into your house. And immediately, tell somebody immediately, he arose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it on this fashion. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, for a few minutes, the topic of our discussion is, He will do it again. Tell somebody, He will do it again. I say, He will do it again. In verse 1 of the passage that we read, the Bible says, And again. You see, it wasn't the first time. He's been doing it before. Jesus has been going and coming out of Capernaum. It was not the last time either. He went in. Now, the name Capernaum means the city of Nahum. So Capernaum means what? The city of Nahum. Now, what is the meaning of the city of Nahum? It means... The city of comfort. Or the village of comfort. So Capernaum means the city of comfort, the village of comfort, the city of consolation. And I have a word for someone who is listening to me this morning. 
God will comfort you. In whatever area, whatever place you need comfort, God will comfort you in Jesus' name. Capernaum also means the field of repentance. In other words, there's room for repentance. There's room for what? For repentance. Whatever you are going through, there might be the consequences of what you have done in the past. Capernaum is the field of repentance. It's an open field. It's wide enough that no two people have to, I mean, uh, infringe on each other's uh, freedom to repent before the living God. When Jesus was on earth, a larger part of his ministry, for a larger part of his ministry, his headquarters was in where? Capernaum. He will go around, he will come back home. And brethren, wherever Jesus is, his presence cannot be contained. His presence cannot be what? So when Jesus is in the house, it's not only those in the house that will realize that Jesus is in the house. All over. It will be noised abroad. All will know. And they don't just know for the sake of knowing. The Bible makes us understand that they know and they come to him. Why? Because wherever he went, what was he doing? He was doing good. Anywhere he went, he was doing good. Almighty healer, he healed a leper. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my Lord was doing good. He was doing good. He's here today in Jesus' name. He will do good here today in Jesus' name. He healed a leper. Whatever stands for leprosy in your life, as you are listening to me today, it will be healed in the name of Jesus. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Whatever stands for, uh, 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 I mean, what's the English word now? Whatever stands for what? For crippleness? <laughs> Whatever is crippling you will let you go today in Jesus' name. Whatever is holding you down will let you go today in Jesus' name. Because Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The good news is, Jesus is here today. Amen. I say, Jesus is here today. Amen. Wherever Jesus went, brethren, he took with him the saving grace of our Lord. Jesus never went anywhere without grace. Jesus never went anywhere without salvation. Jesus never went anywhere without healing. Jesus never went anywhere without instruction in the world. That's why Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, from 23 to, uh, 23 to 24. The Bible says, Matthew 4, 23 to 24, that Jesus went about all Galilee. He went about where? Not just Galilee, but all Galilee. And you know what that tells me? He is not only physically present here at 300 Young Street in Barry, Ontario, Canada. 
But wherever you are and you are listening to this message, because Jesus went about all Galilee, he's there with you. And you will receive your own blessing in Jesus' name. You will receive your miracle in Jesus' name. You will receive your touch in Jesus' name. What he has done before for others, he will do for you in a greater scale in the name of Jesus. We went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. He did not leave any out. He healed uh, 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 COVID-00, because COVID is because of uh, 2019, that you call it COVID-19, right? So let's say in his own time it was year 00. He healed, healed COVID-00, COVID-01, because he was there. COVID-03, he healed it all. He healed leprosy. He healed cancer. He healed all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And whatever be, whatever it is that is troubling you today, he will heal in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says in verse 24 that his fame went throughout all Syria. And they brought to me all, if you look at those two verses, I think an assignment for somebody is going and count how many all we have in those two verses. Because everything he was doing was doing for what? For all. That means you are not excluded. Tell somebody, I am not excluded. Tell the person, you are not excluded. He did it for all. That's why we are saying this morning, he will do it again. And he will do it for you in Jesus' name. Jesus is here today. He will do you good in the name of Jesus. But you need to come to him. You need to pay attention to him. Because he wants to touch you from the throne of mercy. Because wherever Jesus is, that is where the throne of mercy is. You see, unlike in the Old Testament, when they carry the ark of God anywhere, there is a place they call the mercy seat. And God will come to the mercy seat and begin to talk to Moses to translate to the children of Israel from the mercy seat. But now, brethren, Jesus has the mercy seat. Jesus, in fact, is the mercy seat. Wherever Jesus goes, the mercy seat is with him and is here today. And you will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. I say you will obtain mercy in Jesus' name. Among those that were attracted to the presence of Jesus was this man that was sick with palsy. What is palsy? It's a relaxation of the nerves on one side of the body, resulting in disability and weakness of limbs and eventually paralysis. I think one thing that we can that is close to what they call palsy today will be maybe, maybe stroke. Because what it does is what stroke does. Relaxation of nerves on one side. It's not on all sides. And you realize when they say people have stroke, they may say on the right side, on the left side, on this side, on that side. A relaxation of the nerves on one side resulting in disability and weakness of limbs. Disability and weakness of limbs. And eventual paralysis. And I want to speak to somebody's life here today. Whatever is paralyzed in your life will receive the healing touch in Jesus' name. Whatever is tying you down that refuse to move, today marks the end of that situation in the name of Jesus. Every weakness, every inability in your situation, Jesus has done it before. He will do it today. He will do it for you in Jesus' name. I say he will do it for you in Jesus' name. Every form of paralysis, physical or spiritual, God 
will touch today. Jesus will touch today. In order for Jesus to address the situation of this man, there were obstacles on his way that needed to be overcome. There were things he needed to address in order to receive his healing. And there are seven things I've listed here. Let's see how far we can go. There are issues we need to address. The first obstacle that Jesus, I mean, that this man needed to address in order for him to be able to come and receive his own healing that day was loneliness. What did I say? Loneliness. If this man did not have the friends who brought him there, he would have died in his house. He might have heard that Jesus is somewhere, but there's no way he could have come across him. Remember that story in John chapter 5, from verse 5 to verse 9, at the pool of Bethesda. There was that man who was, who was paralyzed, whom they lay at the pool. And the Bible makes us understand he had been there for 38 years, or he had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus came across this man, and he knew for how long he'd been there, he asked him a question, will thou be made whole? What was the answer the man gave? I have no one. I am lonely. I have no friend. You see why it was important that this man was able to over, overcome that hindrance of loneliness. You need friends that will advance your, your, your destiny. You need friends that will advance your dreams. You need friends that will take you beyond your limitations. You know, that's why our people say that when we come together, we come together for wisdom. Is that not so? We don't come together for foolishness. When we, when we bring all our knowledge, our skills together, it enables us to grow. This man was paralyzed. He was dying where he was. But in order for him to overcome his loneliness, he needed friends. Thank God for faithful friends. Are you a faithful friend? There's that song we normally sing. There's not a friend like who? Like the lowly Jesus. Why did they put that word lowly? Because Jesus will come to your level to be your friend. Whatever level you are, Jesus will come to your level to be your friend. He will speak the language that you understand. So that you can un overcome that, that loneliness that can prevent you from receiving your healing. And I speak to somebody listening to me today. Receive your healing in Jesus' name. Amen. Because even if you have no man, you have somebody. Who is that person? You have Jesus. Even when you have no man, you have Jesus. That ever willing Jesus. That ever ready Jesus. The second obstacle that I'm going to have to overcome is similar to the first. And what is that? Wrong company. What did I call it? That man had to overcome the obstacle of wrong company. That's what is tying many of us down. The reason many of us are not receiving our miracles is that we are surrounded by the wrong people. We are surrounded by people that will discourage us rather than encourage us. We are surrounded by people that will lead us to go to the left one, we should be going to the right. These man's friends were men of faith who made up their mind that the only thing that would deny the healing for their friend was if Jesus said no. 
They made up their mind that until we come to this Jesus with our koro koro eyes, we are not letting go. Nobody can tell us no. Not his disciples, not the gate man, not the, not the owner of the house. We are not interested in his house. Who are we interested in? We are interested in Jesus. If you don't want us to come into your house and meet Jesus, then drive him out. Because we must do what? We must see Jesus before we go. This man overcame the obstacle of wrong company. Wrong company. Because they had a secret. They had a secret which they are running around. What was that secret? They knew that Jesus was willing. And I want to tell somebody to hear today. Somebody that's listening to me. Jesus is still willing. Jesus is doing what? He's willing. The limitation is not with him. You are the, many a times we share our dreams, we share our visions, we share our aspirations with the wrong people. And they will tell you, oh, you know, it's wisdom. It is not wisdom. It's foolishness that they are advising you. They will kill the dream. I know the worst part of it. Some would even steal the dream. They will kill the dream with you. Before you know it, they are running with your vision in their own names. Because you have discussed with the wrong company. The second obstacle that I to overcome was that company of, I mean, the, the obstacle of the wrong company. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, we are not going to read. When that man came before Jesus and said, if you will, you can make me whole. What did Jesus say? He said, I will. I'm willing. I desire to. Brethren, the willingness has never ceased with Jesus. If there are limitations, it's with us. It has to be addressed today in Jesus' name. The third limitation that this man overcame was the limitation of excuses. The limitation of what? Brethren, excuses are wonderful. They are right. They are beautiful. They are legal. But they are equally, they equally prevent you from obtaining your goals. They equally prevent you from receiving your healing. His friends had an excellent excuse for failure. Is that not so? They came before the house. Didn't they try? At least they came. When they got there, if they even got to the door, but there was no way to get inside. Are they going to kill those outside so that they could go see Jesus? So they had a perfect excuse. And we came, but there was no way to get in. Sorry, um, bro, Joe. We have to take you back home. We know Jesus is inside there, um, but there's no way. So you see, we have tried. In fact, your wife couldn't have done more than we have done for you. You know that. So, sorry, let's go home. They had excellent excuse, but they refused to take any excuse. They said, no, we must see Jesus. If you can't go in through the door, we'll do what? We'll go through the roof. We'll go through the roof, and that's what they did. They realized one simple fact that many of us ignore. Excuses are for what? Are for failures. No matter how well we quote it, it's because we have failed that we give excuses. And many of us revel in it. We enjoy it. Beautiful excuses. But it's a stamp of what? It's a stamp of fear. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. You will not fail in Jesus' name. Amen. The fourth point that this, this man that he overcame was doubt and invisible faith. 
Doubt and what? He overcame doubt and invisible faith. You know, doubt, you know what doubting is. But you see, the Bible says, Jesus saw their faith. What do you use to see? With the eyes. He saw their faith. He didn't see their faith a long way off. He saw their faith after they had broken through the roof and dropped the man. That is why James, in James chapter 2, verse 18 to 22, he said, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. He said, show me your faith without your works. I will show you my faith by my works. In other words, if you believe, do something. Tell somebody if you believe, do something. When you keep saying, I have faith, I believe, you are sitting down there, I have faith, and you are doing nothing. That is invisible faith. It's not seen. Those men could have sat down at home. I said, my friend, you know, we, we know you, you can't do anything. Oh. And you know what? We believe. Oh. In fact, we have faith with you. Uh, we know where Jesus is, but let's just sit down here and do what? And believe. And do nothing. They would have achieved nothing. They overcame doubt and invisible faith. Because Jesus had to see their faith. He saw their faith. He saw the faith of that man. He saw the faith of his friends. Oh, the man, the, his friends could have been willing to take him there. And the man would say, don't bother me. Don't bother. In fact, I want to sleep. You go have tried. Do what? Go. Go away. He saw their faith. Number five. The fifth obstacle that this man had to overcome was sin. Sin can hinder prayers. I believe we all know that. When sin is present, brethren, it can prevent healing. And the way forward is to accept the saving grace of Jesus wrought on the cross of Calvary. That's why the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, from verse 7 to verse 10, if we walk in the light, 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 to 10, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. The blood of Jesus, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. From what? All, all sin, not some sin. All. The blood of Jesus will cleanse from all. And the Bible goes on to say, if you say you are not a sinner, you do what? You deceive yourself. Verse 8. That's the truth. When you say that you have no sin, you are doing what? You are sinning. Because you are lying. No liar will enter the kingdom of God. We deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. Now go to verse 9. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just. He will forgive. It will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So the sin will be forgiven. Anything associated with the sin will be washed away. And so nothing at that point can prevent you from receiving your healing. Brethren, do you realize that sin is what brought sickness into the world? It was sin that brought sickness into the world. And so, many a times, if we realize that fact, we can come before the throne of mercy. We can come before the throne of grace and just tell the Lord, I surrender all. I surrender all. I hold on to nothing else. I repent. There is something called godly sorrow in me, which the Bible says, walk at repentance, because I must receive my healing. That is why we've had testimonies many a times. 
People are sick because of unforgiveness. The moment they forgive, what happens? They are healed. People are sick because they've made up their mind that for whatever you've done for me, I will forgive you. Not only will they be sick here on earth, they will go to hell. If that is your portion, if you are holding on to unforgiveness, you have refused to forgive somebody because of whatever the person has done for you, your husband, your wife, your father, your mother, the person you refuse to forgive may go to heaven. And what happens? With your unforgiveness, there is no place for you in heaven. You will lose on both ends. That will not be your portion in Jesus' name. You must get to that point of not allowing sin to prevent you from receiving your healing. Because, brethren, sickness came through sin. Before Adam sinned, there was no sickness. That's why Jesus said unto that man, Your sins are forgiven. You are not bound by the limitations of Adam again. You are not bound by the Adamic nature again. You are set free. And I pray for someone who is listening today. You are set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Every hold of sin upon you is broken in the name of Jesus. Amen. It's time for you to receive that which the Lord has proposed for you. It's time for you to appropriate the plan and purpose of, of God for your life for this season. There are two more other points I have here. We don't have time to go in depth, in depth into them. But number six is the human philosophy that limits God's ability. So this man had to overcome the human philosophy that limits God's ability. That's point number six. And you all agree with me that this is something we can all relate to. The theory of relativity. We always have a way of, I mean, writing, I mean, equalizing things. Trivializing sin. Say, well, don't go to the extremes. Just stay in the middle course. Oh, once in a while, God loves the extremes. The Bible says with God, nothing shall be impossible. He, said, he told Jeremiah, he said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And we know what the answer is. The answer is no. And the last obstacle that this man overcame is the natural tendency to disobedience. Brethren, it's natural to disobey. So when you are still full of acts of disobedience to God, you are very carnal. Tell somebody, don't be carnal. So long as you continue to disobey God, you are a carnal man. You are a carnal woman. It's a natural tendency. But the Bible tells me that to obey is what? Is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Having overcome all these obstacles, the power of God moved freely in that man. And he was made whole. The power of God is here to heal today. The power of God is in the ears for everyone that is listening to me this morning. The power of God to heal. The power of God to set free. The power of God to release you from the limitations of man. You know, David said something. He said, I would rather fall into the hand of God than what? Than the hand of man. 
No matter how good a man is, they can change their mind. I hope you realize that. He said, God, I want to fall into your hand. Once God has taken away all obstacles, uh, you are free to receive your healing. Do you need healing today? He will do it again. He has done it before. He's here today to do it. That's why the Lord has directed us to take a break from discussing the enlargement of Isaac and look at what he has done, what he is doing, and what he wants to do. His blood is flowing. His healing power is available. Wherever you are, brethren, just stretch forth your hands. You are the reason.